Um, so <clears throat> you talked a little bit about um, the resistance towards um, healthcare professionals, but what about the potential? Do you think that it has, I mean, mobile health, you have a, like, a huge amount of data. How do you think that the, it can be incorporated to make clinical decisions faster and kind of more efficient? Yeah. So one of the things, for example, if the mHealth app that a doctor, uh, that a patient is using, and it is connected to a platform where the doctor have an access or a nurse, actually, so it can use a lot of task shifting here as well, um, can look at the platform and kind of monitor this diabetic patient. Let's just take a, a diabetic patient or, um, or a patient that had just... Um, a stroke and or had a pacemaker and then you use an app uh, or a digital therapeutic to actually uh, home monitor him and then so the nurse can look at the platform and I was like you don't you don't bring the patient to unnecessarily visit follow-up visit until you see something that's super significant so now you are saving time of the doctor because he can see other patients that are more in need you are saving the time of the patient because he does not have to put himself in a car and come to the hospital to be checked by the doctor every two weeks while he is totally fine he can come every one month for example or what according to what the the platform that pulled the data from all the home monitoring devices for example or all the mHealth apps he is using or digital therapeutics that he is using when there is a signal that there is something that's worrying now you can bring the patient inwards right so you don't just structure the way the relationship between you and the patient around timing, you're structuring the way you are bringing the patient to the service based on his needs, based on what the needs are um, are kind of signified or uh, illustrated from these tools, right? Uh, now, of course, there is a quality aspect, right? Because now if you depend on the on these tools to be that then you it ha they have to be accurate. They have to be um, of good quality. So this is one thing. The other big thing I think uh, is, um, I think the biggest case use of M Health so far is around population health more than a little bit of individual health. So it's more about how can you push forward awareness and prevention campaigns about different, about changing your lifestyle, about decreasing your risk factors if you are a uh, for cardiovascular disease or for diabetes or for hypertension or, you know, um, all of these things. So you can have more of a collective population uh, benefit. So you still have an individual benefit, but, you know, most of the, um, most of the usage is more from a population benefit, if that makes sense, um, especially for prevention apps. Um, would that be would that be enough i think yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's I mean, perfect. yeah there is always also going to be the efficiency of how you um mobilize resources across the healthcare system um so yeah so this is also something that can be that we can know more about through these health apps and how people are engaging with them uh let alone that one of the biggest case use is the the biggest problem that we are going to face which is the shortage in healthcare professionals that we need to take care of our populations and the lack of sustainability of our health systems as they sit now so actually 
we are not just choosing to change, we are obliged to change because this is the only way, leveraging digital technology is the only way that we can provide the amount of need to the population in a little bit more sustainable way. If we figured out all the logistics beforehand, which, which exactly what all the whole community is trying to do, the regulation, the, the barriers, you know, the structure barrier, the cultural change that needs to be done. Once this is figured out and it's going to be a long journey, we can shift, uh, we can tackle the shortage of healthcare workers. We can tackle how unsustainable our health systems are as they sit now. So these are the two big case use uh, for mHealth as well uh, that we need to think about. I also wanted to ask a bit more about regulation that you mentioned. There are so many aspects. So how do we achieve regulation regarding, for example, data privacy or advertisements used in apps? Yeah, this is the <laughs> this is the Pandora boxes, I think, uh, about mHealth apps, because um, you know what? The, it starts with how we think about the business models of how these apps are operating. Uh, because if you look at most of the health system of the health apps as they sit in Google and Apple now, uh, that are not medical device, I'm not talking mainly about uh, medical device, I'm talking about non-medical device apps that are still having some clinical claims and like some actually pretty drastic clinical claims. Um, they use data monetization as one of their business models. Once, so now you have to think about, is that okay? Is that okay with us as a community if this is what we want? And I was like, the second one is like, if this is not what we want and this does, is not coherent with what we have in GDPR or HIPAA in the Americas or, or any other data security standards, then what other business models we can push towards uh, these entrepreneurs and young people who are, and even companies who are very interested in this field, what are different revenue streams that we can produce here? So now I think big aspect, aside from regulation aspect, that was like, yes, the European Commission or um, our professional organization can come up with some regulations and ethical guidelines for, for data usage and securities of, uh, of data across these health, digital health tools. But then if this only exists without, we can, without looking at how business models can actually be streamlined away from encouraging monetization of data in a maleficent way, then we are not doing any good. We're just forcing a regulation that we are not creating another way of thinking about things. So, so again, so I cannot, in my mind, I cannot think about data and privacy regulations uh, or legislations across the globe, just so different and they sit in different levels and, and in different scrutiny levels and in different execution and implementation levels as well. I cannot think about that without thinking about streamlining business revenues and business models with these regulations because otherwise we are not creating incentives for private sector to produce these tools, which is still, we want to incentivize them to use that. But if we increase regulations uh, and we put boundaries without necessarily understanding how these boundaries influence business operations or uh, the 
the business aspect of creating these tools, we're not doing any good. And I think this is why it's so important for all stakeholders to sit on the table when these type of discussions are actually made. So not only data privacy experts, which is I'm not one of them, I'm more of an ex of a, of a policy person. You know, it's not about the, te the technical people about data privacy. It's about every single stakeholder that's going to sit on this table to look at these uh, type of regulations. Um, of course, for example, you look at Europe, which is super regulated by GDPR, but still there is discrepancies in how it is implemented. And there is still a little bit of clarity that needs to be made around it. Um, you look at HEPA as well, but then, you know, digital, digital tools in general are, does not respect boundaries, geographical boundaries. So now you still also have this other layer of regulation where you have to synchronize different regulation, regional regulations, or even sometimes national regulations around data privacy with each other before you can allow these tools to come up to into your country, for example, and they are they are going to be used, you know. So yeah, so there is a lot of business uh, perspectives and operations perspective that need to be uh, incorporated in data privacy regulations as well, not only just merely data privacy um, here. Um, yeah. Um, so because some of uh, some apps have better data privacy regulations than others, um, but not just that feature, but other features as well. How do we um, evaluate which ones are the best mobile health apps and kind of endorse them? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think this is the question that actually has been in the mind of the whole um, of the whole of the whole community for so long. So what you see, what you see now is every single country probably in Europe um, have its own framework for regulating apps. Um, but and these frameworks sometimes are comparable and sometimes they are not comparable. They sometimes even don't use the same uh, definition for the same word. So privacy of data, what does this actually mean? Because uh, it can mean different things to different people, you know, security or robustness of, of, of uh, the design. So, so as it sits now, uh, different health systems have different frameworks of regulating of of understanding and evaluating apps. And now, even when you start talking about evaluation, there are different levels of evaluation. Are we talking about clinical assurance, like knowing that this app actually work, uh, actually do what it claims to do? So this is one level of evaluation. And then the second level is the evaluation of the technical component and the data aspect of it. So, um, so, so, we still see a lot of frameworks emerging across the globe, um, but there is no one specific um, kind of framework that can bring all of them into one place um, and kind of synchronize or harmonize all of these frameworks. So, I mean, we are hopeful that there will be something as such uh, on a European level, maybe from ISO or something, uh, but I, I still haven't seen a lot of efforts around harmonization or of all these emerging frameworks to evaluate health apps in different countries, in different health systems um, to, to understand its value. And you know what, even one, what's very interesting is even the, the lens that these evaluation frameworks had used is actually more influenced by how these frameworks 
is used as a tool to integrate mHealth apps in this specific health system with this specific makeup, right? Rather than rather than it's just a generic framework to evaluate apps because we don't still understand exactly what does evaluation of apps exactly means. What are the different level of components of evaluation that need to be made? Because it's a very different. Again, it's a if you compare it to analogy the uh, uh, of a drug. For a drug, it's a, it's a stagnant, constant, new active constituent that you are regulating for safety and efficacy. And then you are regulating the price, how the drug is marketed, and so on. So this is another level. Now that we don't have this in digital tools, we don't have one, we we don't have one specific core component of a digital tool that we can say this is not changing. We can regulate this for clinical effectiveness and also for safety. And then on top of it, you put other regulations around reimbursement or around how can you integrate it in healthcare system and so on. So um, and then you also have to think about. What on what level this should be regional and on what level this should be national decisions, right? Um, so yeah, so yeah, so I hope this is I hope this answer your question. It's 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 still so a little bit complicated, but we are on the right track, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that actually provide a lot of insight in that into into that sort of thing. So then there needs to be a lot of collaboration between stakeholders and also on the individual level, but also on the national and international level as well. Um, so based on that, where do you actually see the future of mHealth going? And when do you think we'll actually be ready to harness its full power um, within healthcare? Okay, no one knows. <laughs> Let me just be blunt and honest. Like really, we we. We're, we can speculate what's going on. We can understand the industrial trends. We can understand the private sector trends, which is basically what pushes this forward um, um, with, with a little bit of engagement with governments because we are increasing the awareness about digital health with governments, which is something that's super, super um, uh, great. But, uh, but I think we don't necessarily like really understand how the future would look like but uh the basic i think the basic principles about the future that we that i expect we would be living in uh around health as abscess may uh, is we are going to towards more of a harmonization of the evaluation frameworks used across different countries and nations around health apps uh we are going towards uh, more system thinking about how health apps can be reimbursed within health sector systems and then and then we evaluate this you know like we evaluate if when we reimbursed and provided these two different populations did it make what we expected out of it or not um definitely there is the big big uh field about ai based apps uh or um how we use artificial intelligence as a technology um pushed through app interfaces or through other uh digital health tools as well um to understand populations needs and understand uh, patient needs as well even on an individual basis and um and restructure services around them uh i am also seeing a big trend about um 
trying to understand and make the, the economic case use for using digital health for population health in public health in general, uh, which is which is something I really want to wish, uh, I wish to share this with you, which needs a lot of public health specialists, not only clinicians, not only people who think about healthcare systems, not only policy planners. We need public health specialists who understand digital technologies, who can engage in technology in multidisciplinary type of conversations, who can, who their brain can understand both medical terms and technology terms, uh, so we can engage with these conversations. Um, so this is also so much needed for whatever future we are going towards, um, uh, because we are the one that's going to produce this future, right? Um, the, the, the younger generation, the people who are coming up. Um, I think those, uh, those, are, those are the best. Um, I am not sure what would be the trend about digital health equity, which is something I'm super passionate about, uh, how we can start incorporating equity considerations in digital transformation agendas and using in-health across the globe, um, given the current divide that we are operating in already. Um, so, but I think that there, we still need to do a lot of work around awareness of the equity considerations of putting forward digital technologies programs or uh, digital health tools uh, for populations. So yeah, I'm so hopeful for the future, I think. <laughs> uh, let's just stay curious about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, Mariam. Um, I, so I, I should explain. I'm I'm on the discussion for our project, and um, after just making notes during during your presentation, and it like that was that was honestly like you covered pretty much everything that uh, we could possibly think about, right? From the business models that need to be incorporated um, to the regulation to the just going back to the change management and all of that stuff. Um, that was that was really great. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us um and yeah for, for our listeners it's just like a it's a really great opportunity to um sort of learn a little bit more about mobile health apps and then also i think to put it in terms that we can understand um because you're right like we talk a lot about you know we have to increase the awareness of this we have to get clinicians involved we have to do this but there are a lot of nuances and there are a lot of um very intricate problems that um that we we didn't um we don't necessarily consider every single time. Um, and you're right, M Health is not like another discipline in medicine. Um, and it was really, really great to hear about that from somebody in the field and somebody who is undergoing a lot of those problems, I'm assuming, uh, in making these policy changes. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Um, thank you very much, guys. Um, I think that's the end of our podcast for today. Uh, but it's been really a pleasure. And thank you so much again for coming. And sure. I, sure. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to share some uh, thoughts with you. And I am super excited about the fact that you are very young and um, there is um, a great awareness about younger generation to engage in these conversations because these are not easy conversations. These are huge change in our world. And unless you have 
to be uh, at least like engaged in this, like this, you're just engaged in the world that you are creating for yourselves, basically. So I'm super happy that this is happening. I'm super happy that I'm not, I'm not sitting only with like experts uh, talking from a high level thingy. I, I love to engage with like with medical students or students who are basically creating the future for the world. So thank you so much for even just having this podcast and bringing the awareness and your amazing project. Um, it was such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so 